following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Functional Sportsaholic, or as we like to call it, the Sports Talk Revolution. We are proud partners of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. You can also find us on Podcast One. We are very proud and grateful for that uh, that Underdog Sports Podcasting Network relationship. You are listening to Sean Ryan and Sam Van Dam. Sam, what's going on, my man? What up, man? Just uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, man. You know, like right after, so this is the first episode that we've recorded after Thanksgiving because as our return listeners know, we record these on Wednesday. Um, so, you know, we've had an episode drop, but we haven't actually, Sam and I have not spoken to uh, to each other since the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, so for any return listeners or any listeners for for that matter, I uh, hope you had a great holiday. I uh, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I had an interesting Thanksgiving and I got sick. Um, it's part of the joys of having young children around. So I got, uh, I don't know, man. Do you ever get one of those sore throats, Sam, that like it feels like you're swallowing a golf ball every time you swallow dude i'm just getting over one i was i had the same exact thing going on yeah man like i was it it was really weird i had like a freak out one of the nights because like i was i was sitting i was laying in bed and i would like turn my head to one way or the other way on the pillow and my neck hurt when i turned my head it was like my throat was like that swollen that i couldn't even like (laughs) turn my head on the pillow or other but i just do like so my uh one of my like a grocery store across the street they actually fresh squeeze orange juice i don't know why they started doing this but it's like the best thing ever and uh so i just go there and i'd get like a couple of gallons of fresh squeezed orange juice and i pound it like i just pound it, it. Man. yeah like Keith yeah. moon pounding beers baby i'm just pounding yeah, orange juice and that thing man it gets me right as rain um in no time flat so i'm feeling pretty good so, actually other than that do they just they just bottle it right there yeah man yeah man unpasteurized that's pretty, that's pretty good man that's 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 good for your uh for your neck of the woods i mean in florida that's kind of a yeah, known for, thing but yeah you in know. florida you, you, know, you go anywhere and they have fresh squeezed orange juice illinois not so yeah. much um so like we've had a, like a couple of these you know these uh artisan grocery stores pop up you know where they have like the really nice delis and you know everything Love it. yeah i mean it's, it's great except every everything costs like 50 percent more <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, um, but yeah man like just the local they call it jewel osco up here um it's like our version mm-hmm. of Publix, i guess um they're not as good admittedly uh but they do have the fresh squeezed orange juice on on stock whenever i want it it's awesome i gotta say man Man, that's good so uh thanksgiving was good yeah it's all right besides being sick yeah besides being sick you know the 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 cruddy part is that i don't get to see my family um or i didn't get to see my family and travel in um this year um which you know as as uh listeners of our show know i like to freak out on them every every, once a year i like to freak out (laughs) about pizza orders and scream at everybody so but you know no seriously like i I, like i miss i don't really get to see them that often because we're all scattered throughout the country and thanksgiving is like the one time a year throughout my entire life with very few exceptions that we all get together and and hang out um and you know given that we really only get together that three or four day stretch every year you know it kind of is like a punch to the nuts when you don't really get that opportunity to uh to spend time with them so that kind of sucks but hey man it's part of getting older um especially with a family that's kind of built to move (laughs) we're we're all rolling stones so uh you know we're all in different states and everything like everybody is in different states so it's harder to get together when you're older man I got you, man. I had the opposite of the problem. I, I had too many people around and, you know, like <laughs> my mom is just driving me nuts. You know, yeah, she's at that age where she's just at that age where she keeps asking the same damn question oh, over and over. And I finally freaked out on her today because, <laughs> like, I've seen her the past, like, five days. And every day I see her, she's like, so what is, you know, my daughter, she's like, so what, is, what does she want for Christmas? I'm like, <laughs> the same thing she I, I don't know, yesterday. mom. No, I'm like, mom, she's still working on her list. You know, <laughs> the next day, what, you know, what is she? I was like, you know, we haven't even done our shopping for her. I was like, mom, like it's, it's cool. Then this, you know, I stopped by her house this morning, you know, to, to do, to grab a few things that I had over there. And, and she's like, so, um, 
Christmas. I was like, Ma. I was like, it's not even December yet. And I was like, I have so much shit going on. Like, I haven't even thought about that. Like, and she's like, got all offended. And I'm like, you've literally asked me the past five days what she wants. She's six. Man, get her some Legos and you know, get her some candy. Just be done with it. Move on with your life. Well, yeah, I, man. I do want to get to sports in a second, but I got a story. But quickly, let me tease. Now that we're five minutes into the show, um, let me tease the the actual stuff that we're gonna. So we're gonna be talking to NFL, NBA. I want to talk a little bit about NCAA, uh, the college football playoff. Um, the rankings came out, and I thought they were amusing. Um, um, you know, the the Power Five, the non Power Five stuff. So we'll talk about that. There's some NBA stuff I want to run past. Sam, um, you know, the Redskins are doing Redskins type things uh, this week. Um, uh, so we'll get to all that in a second. But speaking, Sam, of, of repeating yourself. So I've, t- I've, you know, um, we've had some in my family, we've had some uh, grandparents um, that have uh, now passed. Um, a couple uh, of grandfathers passed actually in quick succession there between my wife and me. Um, and so, like, I have some experience in dealing with the repetition of the questions, right? When you mm. have, like, you know, the, the people who are in that advanced of age in the like 80s 90s you know um but my my father like your mother is is getting to that age where like he will continuously ask a question except i think he really just keeps asking the question until he gets the <laughs> the answer that he wants right, right so like you know sometimes he'll just ask a question you're just like no you know and like i'll answer well i started especially like when my siblings are around like if he asks a question because we all of course realize that this is happening like he you know mm-hmm. if you're getting a, a question asked and and you know me like when i when I answer a question twice, I, you know, I don't have much more patience for that kind of thing than, than you do. I, I would say this right. is one of the scenarios where you have less patience that the repetition of questions gets you a lot quicker than it gets me. It does. It does. Yeah, but it does. You bet you've seen it. I have seen it. And it's, it's, it's funny. Just like when I erupt on something stupid, you know, it, it makes right. me laugh too. Right. So it's, it's one of those yeah. things, but I get it. So like what happens, but you know, this Sam, like what happens is like when I get the second question, um, like right after I get the first question, you know, I, the, the first thing I do is furrow my brow because I have a really strong bitchy face, right? I have resting bitch face. You do. Yeah, I, fur, I furrow my brow and I look, you know, at, at whoever's asking me questions like, why are you asking me this question? And and then I give the answer, the same answer I just gave, but I give it like personally. And it's just like my my initial kind of, you know, jerkhead response is to getting the second question. But then when I get the third question, I kind of realize what's going on at that point. And then I just start to vary my answers. And, um, and so like when I'm around my siblings, if I'm getting the same question, like, like again and again and again, I might answer it and I might throw in it like a fake detail, like here and there, just be like, Oh, you know what? I was talking to, uh, I was talking to Mike Krzyzewski the other day about the same thing. And, and like, I'll just give these more bizarre answers, hoping that, that the answer will land. Like it'll be so right. bizarre, but it, but it never does. It never does. So I'm always like just trying to come up come up with new answers. My, at least my my you know my brother usually gets a, a you know big kick out of that. And, well, and you're so, much more creative than I am. I yeah. just fly off the handle. <laughs> well, I only fly <laughs> off the handle about pizza. Anyway, um, so let's uh, let's move this thing forward. Uh, so the Redskins. Um, so they picked up the ass bag of the week, uh, Reuben Foster. Um, <laughs> They decided to to pick up the colostomy bag. They they get the award again. So last time we talked, Adrian Peterson was uh, was unabashedly beat, still beating his children. <laughs> but they thought, you know, beating your children that's not good enough for the organization. Let's bring in somebody that uh, you know that abuses um, you know girlfriends, wives, whatever the the situation there was right. domestically. I gotta say, like. You know, this is just a, a just another another brick in the wall for me, man. It's it's another reason why I, I just don't. Yeah, I, this is my boyhood um, love. You know, I, I mean, I love this team so much, and I invested so much of myself into this team when I was growing up. And Dan Snyder took over in the late '90s, mid to late '90s there, and and things started to go awry. And I know he's trying to put a winner on the field, but things just could never. And I think it's because like all these billionaires, they're they're so. I don't know. Their egos are so fragile, right? Like they, they well, they're been, used to succeeding. Exactly. And so when know? they get, and they get into, com, you know, comp- a competition against people like other billionaires and they can't do anything, you know, they can't win. They right. get really fragile about it. And so I think like, 
I think for a long time, Dan Snyder's issue was that he employed a guy named Vinny Serrato there running the front office, who was basically a yes man. And, you know, if you're going to succeed anywhere, you need some people that will come out and be like, dude, like, no, no, you know, you need to be able to take no, maybe not take no for an answer, but welcome that criticism. Um, Now, I can't say that Dan Snyder is behind bringing in the ass bag of the week, um, Ruben Foster, but uh, (laughs) Rubes, as I'll call him. But um, he whatever is going on in that front office, whether it's Allen, whether it's Doug Williams, I don't know what it is, but this is the worst thing that you could do. This guy has it's not just a one time thing. This guy has a history of this. This is why he fell in the draft. Um, San Francisco picked him up and immediately put him on a, and Hey, you know, don't be a jerk kind of, um, situation. And he yeah. was a jerk and they cut him and they, and they basically San Francisco wasted a first round pick last year for it. So in the Redskins swoop in and, uh, they're like, Hey, you know, we're going to put him through the protocol and he's going to do, you know what? Like Redskins with your racist team name and <laughs> your, your child beater running back, you know, maybe stay away from some of this stuff guys for crying out loud. It's, why don't they just bring in Greg Hardy too? Just, just that's you know. the thing. That's the one thing I would always say is like you know the, the Redskins. Um, you know they they usually wouldn't bring in these types of people. You know the people with the really kind of sketchy background. Right. They might bring in somebody like an Albert Hainsworth, who's who is kind of. I like was a wondering tool bag. when he was going to get brought up. Yeah, but like, uh, what did Albert Hainsworth yeah. really do? Right, he stomped on a guy's uh, he head just, on the field, which I can I can live with. It's not a cool thing, but I can live with that. Right, I can definitely right. swallow that more than I can swallow like, hey, let's go beat my girlfriend or my wife. Uh, right. But like, you know, that's that's the worst thing that they would do. And they always hand out big contracts to stupid people. That's I mean, that's just that's just the Redskins way. Yeah. But, you know, going to a point where you're bringing in sketchy people into an organization that already has kind of a sketchy person. And, you know, the the, the thing that kind of breaks my heart about the situation, too, is that, you know, the, the people that. Yeah, it's like everybody else. It's not only Redskins fans; it's everybody. It's it's people that you know root for a politician too. It's like everywhere. It's these people, like all the red the people fans. All they all they care about. They don't care about this guy off the field. All they care about is whether or not he's going to tackle. And they're just going to start rooting for him, even though he's a piece of crap. And right. that's that's what's getting harder for me to reconcile as I get older. Um, you know, is you know I'm not. You know, part of it is that these guys are younger than me and their kids and all that, you know, comparatively, even though I'm not, you know, super old or anything. But it's like, you know, I'm not looking up to a 21 or 22 year old no matter what. I can be impressed that I can enjoy his right. his talent or her talent, you know, depending on sport or whatever. I can enjoy that, right? But I'm not looking up to somebody who's 22, 23 years old. It's just weird for me. I'm 36. Like, I'm not looking up to, right. to a kid, um, to somebody who just graduated college because I know what I was like at that age and I wouldn't look up to myself either at 22 or 23 years old absolutely not yeah even if i did have a lot of talent you know physical talent right so you know the 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 for me for a while like the the wearing jerseys of people younger than me it got a little bit weird for me the rooting for you know people just freshly out of college like yeah i can root for the team and i can cheer for it but i can't have a vested emotional interest in it anymore i just find that very hard i got you yeah. I got you. I I always find it weird that we expect so much of these kids. But then when you think back at me, you know, even when I was like 26, 27, I'd be like, you're beating women. No, I wasn't beating women. <laughs> <laughs> not that, not unless they wanted it. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> no, not, not this kind of no, show. No, 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 I know no, what no, you're no, saying. No, no, no. I know what you're <laughs> saying. I know what you're saying. You're talking about the bedroom. Yes. Boudoir. Uh, boudoir. <laughs> no, but like I couldn't imagine being handed all that responsibility, all that money, and you know, uh, you know, making decisions and in doing press conferences, you know, at twenty two, let alone, uh, you know, you know, you know, maybe I, up until like t- you know two years ago. <laughs> I could, t- yeah, I know. I can tell you exactly. I can tell you exactly how I would have been at press conferences. Look no further than Baker Mayfield. Oh, yeah. You know, like aside, you know, I shouldn't even hold running, you know, Baker Mayfield running from cops against him either because I've run from cops in my life as well. (laughs) I was a little younger. I feel like you are are Baker Mayfield. I know. It's like, it's like, you know, I I gave him so much heat when we were going through the draft process um, and everything. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I just... 
I, I, I'm coming around and I'm thinking, you know what? What I see in Baker, I think, is the stuff that I didn't like seeing in myself when I was younger. But now <laughs> that I've kind of like made that parallel to it, like mentally, now I'm looking at it and I'm, now he kind of reminds me of me. And so I'm a little bit, <laughs> you know, there I'm like, I'm a little bit biased towards him now. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, he right, called, you're a little protective. You're a yeah. little protective of your, of your, <laughs> yeah, of yeah, your doppelganger. A, yeah, man. Like I can, I can deal with Baker Mayfield. I wish I could throw four touchdowns against the Bengals. And I love that. Um, well, I, I, I shouldn't say I love, but he came out and he called Hugh Jackson fake this, you know, this week after right. going to the Bengals. He just like <laughs> says whatever's on his mind, but he's not like, you know, he's not necessarily being a jerk he's just being honest which now the the one thing i'll say is like i used to do that sam you know this i used to do that too when i was younger and what i kind of have learned over the 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 course of my life is like yeah you know what you don't always need to speak your mind like sometimes it's just easier and better for everybody if you don't just tell the truth right sometimes not to say lie or anything but you know there's something to be said about you know just keeping your mouth shut you don't you don't Mm -hmm. need to come out and call Hugh Jackson fake but at the same time as a fan of the NFL and a fan now I am saying I am a fan of Baker Mayfield uh, I'm with it man I I like what he's doing I like the headlines that he's getting and he's backing it up with his play on the field and that's all I can ask for you know yeah and I think he he plays with that chip on his shoulder so it's kind of what makes him good is, you know, the stuff that is going to set certain people off. Um, But at the end of the day, it's a game and it's entertainment. And this is what we want. I don't want a bunch of robots to go up there and tell me a bunch of stuff that they don't really believe in. You know, you can tell like when he is saying stuff and when he, you know, says these things and he, he's speaking from pure, like that's how he's feeling at that moment. And, you know, I, it's no surprise. I, I love the guy. Oh, I know you. <laughs> so, I know you love the guy. I know. Yeah. You love the guy. I mean, I, I just, you know, because. Because he reminds me. you of me. Right. And me, you know, like I <laughs> yeah, definitely was, for sure. you know, like brash and cocky. And like, you know, I think, you know, especially in, a, you know, in sports, like, I, I mean, I remember you like that's what like that's what made you go mm-hmm. you know it's like if, if you were just going to be like ah, whatever you know i'm going to go out there and i just want to have a good time no you want to go out there and, and and be the man and be dominant and then talk crap afterwards and like i feel like just because they're making money and they're on tv it shouldn't make them any different you know yeah that's why i like when jalen ramsey came out and called like josh allen like all these trash quarterbacks which by the way josh allen beat um the jaguars this week although right although i mean i i can't say that josh allen beat the jaguars actually you know leonard Fournette was beating up on like a defensive back or something he got kicked out of the game <laughs> and i i said this on the get paid i won't go too into it because i kind of ranted about this and get paid um that dropped on wednesday but this is the second time this year that a running back um got in a fist fight in the middle of the game that ended up costing me money like <laughs> that i mean a, a running back getting kicked out of a game for a fist fight that's i mean that's not a usual occurrence to begin with but for right. me to have money on the teams <laughs> in both situations it's crazy it's absolutely that's nuts very strange yeah. very strange but we want our athletes to talk i mean you know and maybe sometimes the things might rub us wrong or you know but it's like i'd rather do i'd rather see that than than robots you know robots are cool though robots are cool i just don't want them up at a podium talking yeah yeah the billichick thing with no emotion yeah the like, thing gets like, old. Nah. yeah it's like or you know the russell wilson where it's you know every day i'm going to talk about like you know uh, how grateful i am for this person and how great no like sometimes you got to be like i don't like that guy i think that's all an act by the way well i, I guess that's it point, definitely right? is an act yeah but like he's playing up to this image and baker's like you know like uh, you know i'm i'm the man and <laughs> I have no problem. I he is, no man. Problem. He's playing. He's playing so good. Like I was um, very critical of the draft. Um, at this point, I can't even stubbornly stick to it. So my opinion, my opinion was that um, Darnold should have been the quarterback that was taken first by Cleveland, um, and I came out very strong with that opinion. I am not going to change my mind about that. 
but what I will say is that it's looking like I'm wrong. So I'm not going to do the flip flop, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't like when people do that. I'll say, I'll readily take it on my shoulders and say, look, it's looking like I'm wrong. Although I think I did say, um, if I didn't say, let's pretend I did, but I think I did say that Mayfield would probably be better in the first year or two and Darnold would have the better career. So I do, I do reserve the right to be right about that in 10 years. Um, but definitely I, I am looking, um, like I was, I was wrong on that. And Mayfield is, I thought he would be okay. Like I thought he would be serviceable, but he's playing a lot better than I thought he would. Um, now Cincinnati's defense can have that, you know, it can make a quarterback look that good, but, um, you know, he's a rookie quarterback, man. And he's, he's taking care of business on the field. And I will also say, Sam, I would love to be on a team with this guy. Like if I was a receiver, I would love for him to be throwing me the ball because he does play and he does carry that swagger on the field and he does seem like a great teammate, man. He celebrates all right. of his teammates. Yeah, he's 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 in the defense, you know, huddles. He's in he, he's bouncing all around, you know. And for a guy who's a rookie, was a walk on, you know, in Twice. college, like yeah, to to like really own where he's at and be that you know that confident you gotta you gotta ride that wave you You know and i'm sure he'll get humbled at certain points and he's gonna he's gonna have mud on his face sometimes as we all do you know but we all do we all we all do (laughs) little home alone (laughs) 2 reference for my 30 year olds yeah out there so yeah did you see uh baker's brothers getting out in the twitter and he's trying to like <laughs> back his brother like all these brothers i think it was it wasn't durant's brother doing something stupid on twitter too yeah all the brothers ago. yeah andrew wiggins brother yeah it's been a lot of brother oh what, I, I missed that one. what was what was andrew wiggins brother talking about oh he like when they were saying they were trading jimmy butler he put like this whole like hallelujah thing like all over his twitter and stuff and then you know it's hard for andrew wiggins then because he has to answer to about his yeah, brother's right. tweets you know it's like what do you i thought you guys were cool and he's like oh, i don't know what my brother's talking about it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah yeah so like I think maybe sometimes, well, sometimes obviously, like Lavar Ball, right? He just wants the spotlight because he never really had it himself, right? But I think yeah, that, but I heard the Lakers paid him. Oh, really? Just to, to sh- shut up? Yeah, good. Because you notice like, he's never around anymore. Yeah, I did notice I think, that. I think LeBron said, "Listen, I don't care what you got to do. I don't want to deal with this guy all year." Like, so I, I've heard that the Lakers have possibly paid him to basically stay away and keep his mouth shut hey man that's a wise investment it is magic johnson's because, a smart man yeah i was wondering why we haven't heard um much more from him um because yep. you know of all the stuff going on and and everything and i want to talk about the lakers in a while so we can probably put a pin in that for a little bit because i i'm yeah. liking i'm liking what i'm seeing actually but we'll 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 put a pin in that uh right. but getting back to the um to the brothers though i think some people genuinely forget that reporters check the families like instagrams or twitters and everything oh, like that yeah. too. like i think th- i think some people genuinely forget like um you know like <laughs> oh gosh you know so and so from espn is following me on twitter maybe i need to maybe i need to censor myself a little bit but not that i think that's the case with with everybody but i do think that is sometimes uh, well yeah and, and sometimes the brothers they want to kind of be like famous you know like they want course. a little bit off there you know but then it sucks because nobody's calling them for really like for features they're asking their famous brother like at the next press conference like what was your brother meaning by this right you know it's <laughs> that could cause drama yeah 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 i want to talk about um the ncaa college football playoff rankings um All right. that came out this this last week um so I, I was it was funny so just a, a quick probably i don't think we'll go too long into this i was talking to my brother and my brother and i are both um ucf alumni uh, now my brother's a little more crazy because he thinks they should be in the college football playoff i am not crazy i'm, I'm realistic i don't think they should be in the college football playoff this year um, my brother has always felt that um, in college football that the undefeated teams should always be ranked highest regardless of what their schedule is now <laughs> I, I'm a bit of a hybrid, right? I don't think that way. I'm not a homer like that. But I will also say, you know, not only am I an alumni, but I was actually following this team well, well before they were even in 
you know, division one football. Um, I used to follow them when they were in the, like the crap divisions and winning the national titles there. But, um, you know, UCF, they, um, yeah, they're good. Their, their schedule is not as strong as, let's say, Oklahoma, one loss Oklahoma. That's obvious. But the thing that um, grinds my gears about the situation is that UCF does not have direct control over their schedule. That's, I think, the, right. the, the big thing that when people, you know, when the Power Five fans make the argument, like, I, th- I think it's ridiculous to think that Kentucky has a chance at a national title and UCF doesn't, or Boise State doesn't, or whoever, like, um, I don't know, uh, BYU doesn't, because they're not in a good conference. And the problem with it, as I've said on the show before, so I won't go too far into detail, the problem is that UCF can't call Alabama up and say, hey, let's play next year. They can't call right. Notre Dame up. Well, I mean, they can, but Alabama's going to say uh, no. <laughs> because if I beat you, I don't get any you know boost in the rankings. If I lose to you, which, you know, maybe one out of a hundred, maybe, you know, one out of a thousand. But, you know, if I do lose to you, then, um, you know, my whole season's done because a one-loss right. Alabama team where that one losses to a non-Power 5 school, they're not getting in the playoff. I don't care how good Alabama is. They, they just That's just how the college football playoff works. But anyway, I was talking to my brother about this. And we were, before the college football playoff rankings came out, we were kind of trying to predict uh, because there were a lot of, you know, big kind of losses this week, Michigan being one of them, Ohio State had that big win. And we were trying to figure it out. And of course, you know, I think one through four are pretty easy because they all, um, outside of Michigan, they all won. So we knew Georgia would be in that fourth slot. I figured uh, Oklahoma would be in five. Ohio State would be in six. That's also fairly easy because Ohio State had to jump so far. But the question was, would Michigan be ranked ahead of UCF or below UCF? And so my brother and I said, you know what? Michigan will definitely be ranked ahead of, of UCF because of deserving. Maybe you can make the argument. But our point um, and the one that I'm making on the show is the college football playoff was always going to rank Michigan ahead of UCF because this scenario could happen this weekend. Ohio State might lose the Big Ten championship. Oklahoma might lose the Big 12 championship. And Georgia will probably lose to Alabama. Now, if those three teams lose, what will happen? Michigan, who is um, not playing anybody this week because they're not in the championship game, will slide into the number four slot. Basically, that ranking of Michigan at seven assures that a non-Power 5 team will not make the college football playoff, which is, of course, what the college football playoff has been undermining and wanting to do all the whole time. So... Screw college football. You know, they, they, here's the thing, Sam, that really bugs me about it. It's not that UCF isn't getting in. Once again, like I'm not like you hear bitterness in my voice about this. Um, it's not because UCF isn't getting in. It's because college football playoff, like these people keep saying there is a path to UCF getting in or there is a path to, you know, an undefeated like Boise State or whoever that your college is. Mm-hmm. They keep saying there's a quote path to get in. What is this path? Because you have a two-loss Michigan team rated above. So does every um, does every Power 5 school have to lose three games then for a non-Power 5 school to get in? And even if that happens, I, I saw some power some three-loss uh, teams ahead of UCF all season this season. So there is no path. I just am tired of being lied to by the, by the people that, you know, the powers that be at college football playoff. But there's my rant, Sam. What do you think? Yeah, because, I mean, you know, like a team like UCF, they're, they're doing what they're what they're asked to do. I mean, they're winning all the games that they could possibly win. Um, and, you know, I agree with you. Um, I don't think that they should be in the playoff. Um, I do, however, feel like they could expand, you know, at least the right to play in some of these games a little bit. Um, but, I mean, then you go into a slippery slope is, you know, do we change it from four to eight? And then do we change it from eight to 12? You know, and I, I feel like that could just, you know, get off the rails. You know, I get I get that. But, you know, so I, I was um, through my dad because my dad went to the university. He went to the University of Notre Dame. So I was a Notre Dame fan growing up. And I still have a soft spot for Notre Dame. I still like them. But UCF is where I went to school. And that's my alma mater. And that's who I prefer to win now. Um, that said, you know, I know Notre Dame will be in the college football playoff at this point and I'll root for them to win the national title but you know I don't you know they're a bunch of 18 19 20 year old kids I don't care so (laughs) I don't have any vested interest so let me just you know throw that out there but when I did have a vesting interest when I was like 10 or whatever I was 10 11 years old there was that season that Notre Dame um, beat FSU and it was like Mm -hmm. 91 
and uh, I think Kevin McDougal was the quarterback, and they beat FSU. And I lived in Orlando, Sam, as you and our listeners know. And I had to listen to all these freaking FSU fans crap talking me all week long. And Notre Dame, Notre Dame just came out and punched him in the face, and it was such a beautiful thing. And I lorded over all of them in my sixth grade short shorts with round glasses or whatever I was wearing back then. And then and then Notre Dame lays an egg against Boston College the next week, and FSU gets the national title. After the bowl yeah. season, Notre Dame beat them. They had the same record. Notre Dame beat them. Anyway, so I've been, I've hated college football for years and years and years. Um, I, I'm with you, Sam. Like it, it becomes a slippery slope, but we've heard for how many years that the college football playoff would never happen because of, right. you know, it, you, you know what? They're making money. They can, it, it happened, right? Here's what you do. This is pretty simple solution. Um, it, I think, I think the NCAA overcorrected. I think that they should have just kept the BCS rankings where they were and then implemented an, a six to an 18 playoff. Um, I think you take all the major conference winners in automatically and you take some wild cards and maybe, you know, the top non-power five school always gets in if they're undefeated or something like that. Put in some qualifier qualifiers or whatever, but they should have a path, a a true path, not a fake path like college football playoff is saying now, but a true path, like actually like outline criteria and say, here's the path to get in. Right. Yeah, because I mean, like you said, you know, UCF can only they can only do what they can do, and nobody is just going to, you know, a, a top team is not going to take them on early in the year for a non-conference game. No, it's not going to happen. You know, and a lot of times, some of these, you know, big games are scheduled, you know, years and years in advance. Yeah, absolutely. And. And now they're going to be like, yeah, I'm not playing, you know. Like, I think this pit game that, that UCF played this year was was done like three years ago as part of a home-and-home. Home. Mm-hmm. And I think Pitt, if they would have known that, the way UCF's played the last two years, I don't know if they'd take that, you know. Yeah, like, and, and then I, it becomes how much money is UCF willing to pay a Power 5 school to come over, right? And by right. the way, I'm speaking of that, like who in the right mind would have scheduled, tried to schedule Kansas, who was ranked for a lot of the year, um, right. you know, two or three or four years ago? Like Kansas blipped up out of nowhere and then mm-hmm. kind of fell off. Or maybe it was Kentucky. Sorry, I might be... Th- I get those two schools because of like the NCAA, like in the early 90s. I always get those two yeah. schools. Um, I'm sorry, NCAA men's, I mean, um, the basketball. I always get those two schools confused um, in football, um, in the football realm. But anyway, uh, so enough of that. Stupid liars at college football playoffs. <laughs> what do I have? Bortles. Bortles is on the outs there in Jacksonville. They finally benched him. Yeah, well, we we went from one UCF segue into another. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good call. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I saw some of his stats the other day, and he, he just he he can't keep. If if you keep turning the ball over, man, you're not gonna you're not gonna be playing very long. I don't care what kind of yeah you know what what skills you possess and you know your potential. You you, you turn the ball over more than you're being productive you just you're going to be sitting down on the bench or standing there with a clipboard or whatever the hell they do these days um i gotta look into this but i can't think of a quarterback offhand um a young quarterback who got drafted by a defensive coach and excelled right away um the 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 one that i guess could come to mind would be brady but he wasn't a high draft pick and he took a year or two to develop and they had drew Bledsoe, right. so there was no pressure on him to develop right and he certainly wasn't playing before he ascended um you know into that role i guess um i guess maybe ben roethlisberger uh would be yeah. a, would would probably be the one um that's yeah. about it, man. I don't know if you're going to find anyone yeah, else. It just kind of it, came it, on the scene. and It's time after know. time of these defensive-minded coaches. Now, I know Doug Marone is not a defensive-minded coaches, but remember, uh, Bortles was drafted by Bradley, Gus Bradley. Well, not by Gus Bradley, but into that regime. Gus Bradley got canned. They bring him around. Basically, my point is they certainly didn't do Bortles any favors. It's not like Bortles um, you know, inherited Andy Reid or Sean McVay or anything. Right. You know, right. He, had, he had defense minded head coach into Marone and Hackett um, who 
couldn't hack it. Hardy har har. Got fired this week as well. So they, they're they're completely changing up the offense. But look, man, this this offense was just run for net up the middle. Um, you know, assuming of course that uh, their head coach was wise enough not to wear uh, wear out that running back in the preseason. Oh, wait a second. I'm sorry. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, uh, uh, poor Bortles. I I thought he got you know bad rap, but you know, remember Jared Goff was a bust um, in year one, and then McVeigh got there, and you're like, oh, you know what? He had some talent. I don't think Bortles is a lost cause, but I certainly don't. Um, I don't think he's even like a starter, but you, you know, he could he could have very easily had a a, a, a you know Mark Sanchez, another Redskin by the way, um, butt fumble. <laughs> he could have very easily had a Sanchez um, like career and i guess you know he got to the afc championship last year so i guess that was very sanchez like well yeah and sanchez got just got just got pulled back um in the league who's who's he playing for again oh he just got yeah he's he's playing for um the the best run franchise in the league the washington redskins that's right because uh alex smith went down yeah butt fumble (laughs) butt fumble so you got the butt fumble you got the child beater and you got the uh the the wife or girlfriend beater so they're they're quite a murderer's row there yeah exactly all right let's switch it over to uh, nba so let me ask you man um wide level man what what are the big surprises so far to you um whether it's players whether it's teams like uh, i guess i guess the clippers have to be like the big surprise (laughs) i was i was gonna say the clippers um clippers have been the biggest surprise for me so far um i think Again, I think we touched on this last week a little bit. Doc Rivers does really well with teams where they don't have superstars. And he can just get on these guys and it's all great. And they all seem to enjoy playing with each other. And there's no big egos. And they're just going out there and and getting wins. Um, Toronto Raptors look really, really good. Um, They kind of have distance themselves in the east a little bit i gotta say philly's Um, looking good with butler there no philly is philly is looking really good with butler i feel like he's fit in really well um looks like they're gonna move on from markel fultz so what's the latest Uh, on that do you think they'll actually get any decent assets for fultz if if i'm the orlando magic man i'm making a call because you know and, and i've heard this from a couple of different places too um they I think Markel Fultz, I mean, he was the number one pick last year. But I don't think Philly has any need for him, and I think the spotlight is a little too much for him there. What he has going on, I really believe, is mental. But I also think that it it is curable. I think he can he has to get some confidence back and not be in a situation where he's just all eyes on him and they're expected to win. And you know they're expected to do really really well in the eastern conference he needs to go somewhere that he can kind of start from scratch start over and and go from there um i think teams right now are hesitant because i think the sixers also want want a draft pick thrown in you know but he's a guy on a rookie deal um i think that's reasonable yeah I mean, depending on, I I mean, I I would want maybe some lottery protection, but, you know, I'd protect maybe top 10. I'd even give a lottery, but but you just not like, you know, a top five or something for him. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that's where they're, you know, they're they're just going to have him come back and, and hang out for a little bit. But I think I think they'll look for him, look for a place for him soon. All right, and I'm because like, it's a dis- because it's a distraction too. At this point, they're they're really doing well and everything, but um, and and I think they've done right by him. I think he just kind of he has some sort of mental block, which he keeps saying is like an actual injury. But hmm. when you see him shooting stuff, you can just tell he kind of has the yips. So um, it'd be it, it might be good for him to go somewhere and start start new. Yeah, I hear you. So the Lakers, now, I like what I'm seeing from L.A. This is, to me, I think I mentioned last week or maybe the week before, but it's feeling a little bit like that first Miami team. You know, I I think everybody knew it was going to take a little bit to gel, but here we are. I think the last time I looked at the standings, um, they were 11-9. and And, uh, you know, either on on the lower edge of the playoffs or maybe just out. And I'm thinking, man, by the end of the season... They could be a high 40s win team. They could be in there and they could be making some noise. We might get like a LeBron versus, uh, 
you know, Golden State round one. Um, it wouldn't shock me if it's a round two matchup. It wouldn't shock me if, because uh, you know, the, the the best player in the NBA usually wins and there's nobody better on the planet than uh, LeBron James right now. So he could get the Lakers to a second round. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I really like the way they're playing. Ever since they got Tyson Chandler to come over, um, he's been a big difference maker. I think he provides like that letter, that veteran leadership, but also just on the defensive end, he's, you know, he's super strong down in the block. Um, you know, not a selfish guy, just basically out there to get rebounds, putbacks, and um, and defend. There you go. What about Kemba yeah. Walker, buddy? <laughs> Poor Kemba Walker is, you know, doing awesome in, you know, in a, Siberia. In a NBA Siberia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the shit storm that's known as the, you know, Charlotte Hornets, um, which didn't work the first time, but let's bring them back again. Um, <laughs> and I know uh, Michael Jordan's the owner, but I, they don't have they don't have much going on there. But he's a he's a flat out scorer. He's a um, Leading the league in three-pointers. Yeah, it's, he's – I mean, I think he's surprising himself, but <laughs> he's but he's had – I mean, he's had really good careers. He's an all-star. You know, he's, he, he's had really good years. He's just in Charlotte. They don't really have anybody. They don't really have any direction. I think he's had four coaches since he's been in the league. Um, Sounds like Orlando. Right, exactly. So um, – yeah, I'm actually I've always kind of been a Kemba Walker guy when he was in UConn and you know um, basically ran through that Big East tournament his last year and uh, refused to lose I was like man this guy's this guy's tough Sure. And uh, Embiid, I, I should have probably talked about this when we were talking Philly, but Embiid's, I was looking at his stats today, 28 and 13. That kind of snuck up on me, man. <laughs> like, he's, he's playing pretty well, too, eh? He's he's a beast, man. Uh, you know, a little unorthodox, but he, the guy can shoot threes. Um, and that's got to be it, right? Because you know more of the X's and O's in, in the NBA. Um, you know, I'm more the right. NFL guy, as we, as we always say on the show. So, like, I mean, what what is it about him as a big guy that's succeeding in today's NBA? Well, he he moves really well with the ball and without the ball. So um, I would say he gets a lot of, you know, garbage points where he'll, you know, kind of be in the right place at the right time. But that's a skill, too. Sure. Um, and, and put backs. Um, but he can take it out deep. Um, he's got really good range. I mean, for a seven-plus footer, um to be able to drive past guards or pull up from three like he's just i mean he's a he's a match you know you know a match nightmare so there you go boston at some point's got to turn it around though yeah and i feel like they you know they'll have a a game or two where they look really good and then they'll have a game or two where they don't um i think it's time to put put gordon hayward away for a little bit um He's just not. He's not ready. Um, you could just tell there's like a mental blockade there where he's just, you know, he's just not ready to. He doesn't resume. trust his legs back quite yet. No, I don't think so. And I mean, that's that's natural, but you can really tell. Like, and they actually play better when he comes off the bench. Um, and you know, they just have that weird problem in Boston where they almost they just have too much, and they had that great run last year. But all these guys now think that they should be getting those kind of minutes and should be sure. playing that kind of way. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a tough way to, you know, a tough, tough coaching job for Brad Stevens. Well, if there's anybody that, uh, that is up to the task, it's Brad Stevens. We respect him a lot on this show. Uh, I don't know. That's kind of it for sports. Let me tell, let me ask you a question. Important question here. Yeah. So I know you have Spotify, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you ever used a shuffle on Spotify? I do. Okay, does it work for you? Because it's not working for me for crap. I mean, it works. Sometimes it just keeps playing like the same. Yeah. What are you trying to do? The same. You're just trying to play like. I have a play. So I have a playlist. We're into we're in the Christmas season for us because my family celebrates Christmas. Um, happy Hanukkah to those. I know it's coming up soon. Maybe this week. 
uh, for our Jewish listeners out there. Um, as as our the baseball Lama, by the way, is a proud Jewish man, and he will be celebrating Hanukkah. So we're an equal opportunity holiday uh, well wisher uh, show here. But anyway, so for Christmas, I'm listening to my Christmas music, um, and my wife and I share the the playlist. And so, like, I have some classics on there. I have some some newer stuff on there and everything. But uh, it's a pretty good hodgepodge of songs. But one of the things my wife really likes is Pentatonix, you know, like the acapella group. Okay. Um, not not my favorite, although I, there are quite a few songs that I that I like on there. Not my favorite, but certainly one. You know, if a song comes on in a shuffle, it's okay. They keep playing this Pentatonix version of Mary Did You Know, and I can't stand it. And they, it, it, Spotify just keeps playing this to me. It's like Pentatonix went to Spotify and just like paid him a twenty or something. Just said, "Hey, this kid, this kid Sean in uh, Chicago, make sure he's getting this song nonstop." Because seriously, like every time I ha- have it on, I'll have like Christmas music on for maybe half hour, and that song will come on twice in that half hour range. And I have like hours and hours and hours of Christmas music on this playlist. It's a huge playlist, and I keep getting that same effing song, and it's driving me nuts. It's not putting me in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) That's very strange, man. I don't... I don't... Spotify, fix it, man. You gotta fix that. You gotta fix it, man. Um, So what do you got on there? You got a little Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. I got that on there. I got that on there. Just that one song. I have... um, So my family growing up, I I don't know why, but uh, they had the original Kenny Rogers Christmas album. Okay. And as kids, we hated it and we would always complain about it. My parents always had it on. But now it's basically like that is Christmas, you know, because that's what that's the soundtrack of all of my Christmas memories growing up. So, of course, I have that on there. Uh, That's that's like the number one thing that I have to play. And it always plays on Christmas morning for for us. Uh, Probably my my, it's not my wife's favorite thing, but, you know, Pentatonix uh, and and Kenny Rogers, you know, there's uh, Marriage, it's a give and a take. Um, yeah, it's a compromise. It is a compromise. I have Harry Connick Jr. on there. Okay. I think his his uh, first Christmas album was really good. And then from there, it goes into classics like Andy Williams, uh, Sinatra. You have basically everything there. Uh, you know what? Actually, last year's uh, Sia came out with like a single last year. You don't get many new Christmas songs, but Sia actually had, a, had one that's like really poppy. That's not bad. I liked it just fine. Okay. And that's I not my genre. You, you know that, Sam. You know that. Sam. Yeah, I didn't know you even knew who she was. So. Yeah, I know her uh, because uh, she's the one with the weird wig. I find her very yeah. off-putting, so I, I find her to be a very interesting case study. I don't she's think she has... A, she- she has a good voice, though. Yeah, a good voice, but it's engineered, though. Like, I saw her... Um, I don't know. I saw she's her on really, Sesame Street. She's a really good songwriter. She's written like okay, a fair. million hits. Okay. Um, yeah. I but, respect that. Yeah, you should check uh, the Biebs. Bieber has a has a nice little Christmas Christmas album. Oh, very Bieber Christmas, <laughs> is it? Yeah, man. You should yeah, check man. that out. Do they celebrate Christmas in Canada? Eh? Uh, St. Nicky. Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird how like certain things you didn't like when you were a kid, though. Like, yeah, right. Now are like you know kind of ingrained in you, and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna pass that on. You know, <laughs> we were just talking on our group text um, with Steve the Basket Weaver and uh, Gooch Givens about Sunny Delight and about how Sunny Delight is basically <laughs> just engineered orange juice um, and it's yeah. bad. Now, motor oil. I never got into it, but you and mm-hmm. uh, you and Gooch, man, you were all over that Sunny Delight. Yeah, man. Well, Gucci's mom used to buy like you know the Costco like case loads. Mm-hmm. Um, that and Rice know, Krispie my, Treats, packaged Rice Krispie Treats. Yeah, my parents <laughs> never bought that crap. Like I was, you know, I wasn't allowed to have like any kind of sugar cereal or anything, or you know. So I would just go. I basically lived at Gucci's anyway. So right. Um, yeah, you know, she would she would buy the carton of Sunny D and. You know, oatmeal cream pies. Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, I remember that. And the then they would always star, compl- star crunch, um, <laughs> and we would so spend we summers over, over there. there. <laughs> we used to go over there and just put it down. You know, <laughs> pizza rolls, star crunch. You know, <laughs> Sunny D, Everything. all that crap. Yeah, and his mom used to hide like the, you know, chocolate chip cookie dough, like in like a butter. Like, the, I can't believe it's not butter spread. And then she would tape the top, like, and we would just, like, you know, untape it, then tape it back and 
eat all the cookie dough. It was a good time, man. I, I do remember they would always, uh, his parents would always yell at him that like all the food, <laughs> all the food was gone because we would just, we would hang out over there, just eat all their food. <laughs> she'd yell, she'd yell, but then she'd buy it like again the next day. She'd that's right. Stocked. That's right. And that's an apparent, uh, that's a, that's an important parenting lesson is like yelling without consequences is really just nothing. It's, it's the same, yeah, as not yelling. especially with boys, yeah. especially teenage boys. It's just like, okay, okay, you're just talking loudly at me. What are the repercussions? There aren't any. Okay. I'm going to eat some more. <laughs> I'm going to eat some more Rice Krispie treats, I guess. Yes. Yeah, she's like, oh, roll ups. You, yeah, you ate all those pop tarts. Well, well yeah. there's another box. There's another box back. <laughs> it's like, all right, all right, Miss Gooch. Yeah, Miss Gooch. <laughs> Thanks. Hit up Costco again, Miss Gooch. Thanks, Mrs. Gooch. Running low. Yeah. Running low. Uh, all right, man. I think that's about it. You had anything else for the uh, for the listeners for the week? Nah, man. Be good out there. It's holiday season. People getting wild out in the streets, out in the stores. Just be good, man. Do online shopping. Yeah, be good. Yeah, go to Amazon. Give Bezos some more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, everybody. I appreciate uh, the listening. Oh, um, the quick updates. So, um, you know, of course, we'll be back same time, same, uh, you know, same station, I guess. You, I don't know. You're listening on the iPhone probably. So, <laughs> same phone, same time, same phone. And same then, phone, um, same phone. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I am working with Baseball Llama. The, the baseball book is now completed in its initial first draft. We're waiting on the editing to come back. Um, it's going to be awesome. Let me just say it that way. Uh, and the football almanac, the second inaugural fantasy football almanac. I've broken ground on it, Sam. I have. Uh-oh. You know what? I, I because I was I was exchanging some emails with some folks that uh, that follow you know my uh, my weekly rankings and projections on uh, on Reddit. At some point, I'm going to move that into an app. Um, it's really just going to ma- be a, a matter of when I have the time to devote and uh, and resources to devote into creation of the app. But I'll create like an app where all the projections go out there and all the against the spread picks and all that stuff, just so it's in one place and nobody has to go fishing around for it. But I was talking to some people and I was starting to look back into what I was successful and not successful in, in that football almanac. And there's a lot of good stuff. So I'm going to be uh, peacocking. I'm going to be sticking my feathers out, and my chest out, and just strutting um, in the, uh, you know, in the coming months after the football season. We'll save that because, you know, after the football, the NFL is year round. So we got to find something to talk about. So I'll save all that content for after the Super Bowl. But um, yeah, man, it's, it's some good stuff. So we had a really, really good first year that Almanac. I knew it was going to do good because I've been using it, you know, for myself, for my own purposes for a long, long time. And uh, hopefully it's helping everybody out there that bought it. And uh, the Baseball Almanac will uh, do the same thing. And that will be, you know, probably on the Amazon shelf. I want to say by like December 15th is kind of what I'm targeting, but it will be out before Christmas if you're interested. And we'll put it on a nice, cheap, um, you know, for sale thing too. We're going to do the whole same thing where, uh, you know, you can come in and get interactive. I'm going to have Eric plugged in. Eric is the baseball alum. I'll have him plugged in um, to uh, you know email, give him personalized advice, just like we did for the uh, for the football thing. So it's going to be really cool. Check it out, um, and I'll have more details on that soon. Um, other than that, I think we had, uh, that makes an episode. So like Sam said, everybody, be good. Be good.